do. What is up, everybody? My name is Chad Brock. And I'm Zach Bailiff. And you guys are graced with the Orion Podcast. Thanks for listening. I didn't have the volume turned on, um, so it's just playing silent. But you guys are going to have to deal with us tonight because we're not very good at being adults and we don't have a guest. No, and we've been on a rant, tirade. Yeah. Oh, we hit the ground running as soon as we logged on. So we'll try and keep it from getting too sideways. Oh, it's sideways already. It was sideways before it started. (laughs) Turn this ringer off or somebody's going to try calling me. I can guarantee that. Welcome back, everybody, to another Tuesday edition of the Orion Podcast. By gosh, we're happy to have you. And, you know, obviously, we're thankful for the people that help us uh, to get here. So we'll go ahead and pay some bills since you just guys are going to have to listen to me and Zach. Anyway, um, Mm -hmm. so big shout out to Jackson Kayak. Thanks to them for uh, all they do for us. Um, Obviously, Orion Coolers is part of that um, since it is the Orion Podcast. So get online. Go to jacksonkayak.com, find your sweet Orion cooler. Orion rocks, get you a discount on an Orion cooler. Um, I believe it's it's a five percent, yeah, say five percent on an Orion cooler. So, if you need a cooler, get you a cooler. Ticker, it's down there on the ticker at the bottom, right there. Um, casking, casking, keeping us fishing. My gosh, impressive stuff. Um, you know, a company that wasn't on my radar, um, I knew about them. Had never used any products, but uh, after meeting them at Redcrest, I am sold. Absolutely love their stuff. So check them guys out, casking.com. I love it. Get you some. Uh, Z-Pro lithium batteries, keeping Zach and I powered on the water. And Brummett, keeping us powered on the water all year while we're out there filming, fishing, fishing. I need to get Z-Pro to make me some batteries for my cellular trail cameras. That could probably be done. They may get actually to work, have... get, get to work on that, fellas, because I'm, I'm tired of buying alkaline batteries every go. time I go home. Put your big old 10 amp hour out there and let it just eat. Uh-huh. And probably yep. run that drill camera forever. A little but, waterproof um, box would be in good shape. Yeah, so thanks to Z-Pro. We love you guys and uh, appreciate what you guys do. And Fasco. New swag out from Vasco this week, actually. Got some camo. Seeing you like the camo. Looks good. Got some uh, new digi camo. 
uh, just in time for the hunting season. If you're a proper bassin individual that does partake in a little of the hunting side, um, get you some get you some woodland digicamo or heck, they got gray, they got blue, they got all kinds of different colors of digicamo out. And the new fade shirts, you're all welcome for those little nineties, a uh, little nineties Chevrolet pick 'em up truck step side. Got the fade, starts dark, <laughs> top comes out light at the bottom. You're welcome. I'm a child of the 90s. Smaller logo off to the side as well. So pick those up, basco.com, and get some t-shirt swag. I make them t-shirts look good in the photos over the weekend. Actually, the t-shirts made me look good, but there's that. Yeah, those photos came out mm. good. It was a good weekend. You had some good photos. I've got some good photos. It was a productive weekend in the uh, in the smallmouth waters of the mysterious White River of Bedford, Indiana. Um, <laughs> yeah, they are mysterious. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of carp, but there's it's a, also there's mysterious. a lot. Of, there's a lot of mysterious things about the White River. There's a there's an <laughs> upset otter. There's some snakes. There's a big deer that crosses by the Smalley Hole. Um, that is, dude. I wish you could see this deer. Like I've seen him walk all the way across, and it's just like <laughs> it comes off Indrus's property. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure yes. Michael's well aware that deer is. There. Oh, Michael's. I'm <laughs> sure is well aware of this deer. It's a big dude. Um, but yeah, man, like we was just talking, talking about content and, you know, something that big talk in industry is always content and, you know, scandals, any bass fishing podcast you listen to or hunting podcast you listen to that everybody likes the drama. But, uh, mm-hmm. we was, uh, we was kind of ranting about the, uh, the old contents and influencer content and versus, what you want to make and what people want to see. We, I mean, we've always liked the storytelling aspect and social media as a whole has shortened people's attention spans so much that all I want is seven second hype videos. And that is not what we're here to do. <laughs> a lot of rabbits today. That's exactly what That's the saying. long and the short of it. I've seen a lot of rabbits today, but, uh, yeah, so you you come back. You've you you was here. We didn't we did not have time to connect because your path was going one way and my path was going to a fishing tournament the other way. Um, yeah. But man, you got the DJI Mavic Four, or not Mavic Four? No, the Mavic Mini. 3, Mini Three Pro. Mini Three Pro got it out and shot some banger food plot footage. Yeah, for my, I mean good grief i had that mavic air for at least three years and i think i had i i sent when i sold it the guy asked me for the flight log on it and i don't i don't remember i sent it to you i don't think i had two hours of flight time on it in three years and really the oh it was it was low i mean and i might have had a little more on it than that not much it was less than five hours total i know for a fact the bi- the biggest thing was the batteries were 26 minutes if you were lucky you had to take your phone out of your case and we all run with our phone in a case because mm-hmm. with what we do there's no way you can't so just the mm-hmm. the that being so cumbersome and having to remove your phone every time you want to get the drone out make sure your apps updated then get it connected to the drone installed in the controller connected to the cable 
then get to fly. Dude, mm-hmm. little little brother rolled into the field, rolled into the driveway. I heard him come up the hill in the Cummins, pulled the drone out, turned the drone and the controller on because my new controller's got the screen built into it and had right. the drone in the air in under 20 seconds. I'm just, I'm, the sheer fact that I can do that is going to make me use this drone way more than I ever used the other one. Well, and so the way that the phones are now too, I've noticed with mine, since I still use my phone to fly my drone, if I'm doing it in the kayak and I'm trying to watch this screen and mm-hmm. watch where the heck I'm going and <laughs> not crash it into a tree. I put it up against my life jacket because I'm also trying to turn and do things. Right. Yeah. My volume switches in my close screen are all on that side of the phone now. So when it's got the uh, plug that goes into yeah. the controller, yeah, you, you darken your screen while you're trying to fly and yeah. do all these things. So it's a nightmare. The, the, yeah, it's a total nightmare. It's a disaster. The, the good, well, and so then there's the back end of it, which before I move on to that, I think if you wanted to, without upgrading drones, if you're still happy with the quality of that drone, I think you can get the new controller with the screen on it for that drone. Mm-hmm. Um, I think so. The Mini Two, the Mini Two, which is what you had, so you can upgrade that. The uh, the back end of it, man. So we're trying to, up, you know, step up our game all the time on quality of content. I'm trying to learn color grade, working in a different editing program. Filmed in Decinelite for the first time, and you and I've been going back and forth on that. Mm-hmm. That that file type being ten bit color profile, which we're getting way off the rails here, folks. That's okay. It uh, drive it off. Yeah, it, it it won't import to the free version of the editing editing software I got. So then I had to download another app to transcode that file type into a different file type that I could then put into my editing program. It's been fun, but I finally got it in there, and we're seeing some good stuff out of it. That's kind of where we were going with that. But I think in that, like a lot of times, you know, you can you can do this with a cell phone. We can do this podcast with a cell phone and a set of I, I, I am doing it with a cell phone. <laughs> you technically, and a tablet. You've got two, technically. I do. So, I do. You know, you can you can do that and be successful. Um, but a lot of times I think, you know, what we were talking about was the amount of work that you're putting into this 53-second um, short. It's a reel, but it's a short mm-hmm. story, if you will. Yeah. You know, and, you know, you, you look at it seven seconds, okay? If that's somebody's attention span and you've spent, I mean, the amount of hours – that go into shooting a proper reel sometimes. Um, well, just the reels that we filmed hunting last year, we were out for three hours. Three or four hours, three or four yeah. Hours. And, and we did get multiple reels out of that. I mean, obviously, yeah. we, were, we were doing them a little shorter then. But, yeah, it's, uh, it's a lot of time that goes into that very, very short piece of content. Uh, that, that somebody might watch all the way through and they might not because of their attention span. They may not have the time. Yeah. Yeah. So I see Dell commented. He's trying to follow Nick Troutman's advice and document life over content creation there. I agree with that. Yeah. 
to a point. And when we're out on, so, so when we went to Disney, I took a GoPro and I took my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Those are the only two things I took. I wasn't as much worried about creating content as I was having the GoPro to be able to capture stuff when we were around wet environments. And then the rest of the time was my phone. I don't, I don't pack a camera in situations like that. I'm not there mm-hmm. for work. Now, if I'm shooting photos of the kids, I'm also practicing. I'm trying to document life and them growing up. I want the highest quality photos I can get, and an iPhone just doesn't do it for me. We've we've talked about that in the past. iPhone photos are just not something I'm okay with anymore. Um, no. They're they're flat. They lack depth. They lack a lot of things, and I just don't like it. Now, in a pinch, they work. It gets there. Yeah, in a pinch, it gets there, but it's hard. Uh, and I've been guilty this summer because you've ruined me firsthand. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I blame, I can't really blame it on you. I ruined myself, but like, you know, I go through spells where I just won't post nothing because it's like, well, I don't, I'm not going to post this. I can't post a cell phone picture. It doesn't match because mm-hmm. yeah. that's oh, the yeah. OCD. That's the OCD of it. Um, once you go down this rabbit hole, I think for a lot of people and a lot of people don't understand that until you start doing it and you get deep, then it's like, Oh, What's going it is same, you grid. know, and that's it's all about my grid. It, I'm not as worried about the consistency of the grid because styles change, but the overall quality of the content on the grid, I'm very particular about. And oh yeah, I probably haven't posted a piece of cell phone content to the grid in I don't know a few years. I went, you know, over the last couple of weeks, I've started to pick up momentum a little bit on my posting again, and I'm I'm really going to try and focus on posting at least every other day if not every day in some sort of fashion whether it be a carousel or a single photo or a photo as a reel or whatever it may be but i want to try and get the traction back especially as we roll into fall and i'm really looking to grow the brand um but as far as cell phone content goes there is a time and a place for that and that's what the instagram Uh story is for and i think that's why people are doing TikToks and things like that the way they are. They're, you're not seeing quality creative content on those platforms, in my opinion. You're seeing a bunch of people dancing in front of their cell phones for a reason. Yeah, it's whatever they can is. grab quick and cheap. Yeah, and I think there is some quality content. It's just you got you to gotta be on the hunt for it because the trash a lot of times outweighs the the good stuff. And it goes back to what the algorithm's pushing. You know, when people are just posting a quick seven-second video and it starts to get a lot more views and a little bit of traction, then it gets bumped over to the Discover page. You know, it may be, if it's, say, it's a, so I saw one today. I'm pretty sure it was from a phone. Um, It was Chris B. um, from Be Real. They were on a caribou hunt up in Alaska. It was awesome Mm -hmm. over-the-shoulder got the shot on camera i'm pretty sure with like i said pretty sure with his phone but it was decent i mean it was it was a flat profile image but it was it was Mm -hmm. clear um and exposed well got the bull got the shot got the bull coming across the river got the follow-up shot all of it and it's um that piece is going to do well matthew's already picked it up and posted it so it's Mm going to go far i mean there's a time and a place right but thousand percent from just and it's, it's hard not to be a snob, it, isn't it? It is, man. I'm a pixel peeper. Admittedly, I do it to myself <laughs> as much as I do yeah, it to yeah. other people. Um, 
it really irks me when I see a, a company or a brand or a manufacturer post a, a photo from someone and the, the point of focus is off. And what is in focus is not actually the product they posted at the highlight and it's out of focus. That drives me nuts because yeah. it's, it happens. Easy, though. It, it does, but it's easy to when check. And I, I won't, and I won't send a photo out like that though. If that happens and I see it in post, eh. you, that photo, that photo will get buried I or I'll use it for my own piece of content, but focused on a different aspect of the image and not the product I was trying to shoot as, as a shooter properly. as a shooter sometimes though when you're in those you're in those life moments where my boat's moving your boat's moving sometimes it's hard to perfectly nail and not get a little fuzz it is you and a you lot just, of moving parts you just got to recognize those situations and widen your aperture a little bit, but we don't always do that. And crank um, the shutter speed to nine million. <laughs> In the heat of the moment, I've, I'm guilty of forgetting to change ISOs and exposure and all kinds of stuff. But yeah, and I, you know, it's been fun because we also, I think, um, through this little bit of journey, I now have the intern, um, the intern Josh who is who is practicing and learning and you know we do things like we did uh saturday where we're meeting with a meeting with a company and then we're also doing some stuff before said company guy gets there um on our own so those are teachable moments and getting to show him camera settings how i would do it and getting helping him get the camera set up and then framing it all out and it's fun to teach too and yeah. and have There's those a lot learn it's a lot to think about too and it's so i had a guy over here on saturday uh some of you may know if you followed the fitness side at all seth ferosi um owns a supplement company called axe and sledge and an apparel company um called all american roughneck but just a, a wild, super good dude, um, lives over here about an hour from me and he came over, we got his new bow set up and everything. And, and, you know, we were talking about a lot of that as well, because the industry he's in, I mean, you know, content is huge and he's kind of known for mm -hmm. one thing and it's just, it's, it's a game and, you, you know, trying to be authentic and real at the same time is it's a lot to learn, you know, for these guys out there oh, yeah. just, just getting into it. Um, I'm going to take this question that Wyatt just posted because yeah. why not? Why not? How why would how would one get into the fishing or hunting industry and be successful? And how does one keep it fun and enjoyable? Well, number one, you got to love to be outside and in it. Mm -hmm. You've got to be super passionate about it. And you've, I mean, it's always fun. I, we have a blast every time we get out. It's it's not work. What we do every day, I mean, while being on social media constantly sometimes feels like a drag, mm -hmm. it's still not it's not work because we're getting to talk to people mm -hmm. about the stuff we love to do every day. It's like it's like what we do now. Um, spirits. Yeah, it's now how would one get into the fishing and hunting industry and be successful? I would say it's a little tougher now than it probably was six or seven years ago more um, saturated be, yes it's more saturated but you can still set yourself apart number one you've got to figure out how to add value for companies 
So it's not mm-hmm. about what that company can do for you, mm-hmm. about what you can do for the company to paraphrase JFK in a little bit of a different way. Yeah. Because, I mean, and, we've seen it a lot, right? We've seen guys show up, put their hand out, get some product, and then disappear and you never see them again. Mm-hmm. Right? Whoa, and thousand. Yeah. Back when we first started working with some of these companies in the industry, we, you know, it was about going to tournaments and putting their logo on your jersey. And could you get mm-hmm. a little bit of a discount? Could you get some free product? And you would rep them at a tournament, talk to people about their products what was on your bow, this, that, and the other. And that game has it's gone the wayside. Changed. Yeah. And it, it, it really kind of blows my mind on the target side that that's still how some of these guys get their deals and they're not producing any content whatsoever. And they're not winning mm-hmm. tournaments or making podiums, but yet they have contracts. That yeah. part blows my mind. Well, and it's, it's slowly changing. I think there's, there's two sides of it. And it, I think... Well, I'm going to, let's back up. So I'm going to kind of answer the question to work number one. Um, and to kind of reiterate what Zach said, you will see, like if you follow either one of us on social media, you don't see the grip and grin a lot and you don't see the trophy pick a lot. It'll we, be there, but we, you won't see them. it. Yeah. We're there. But it's the... It's the minute detail shot of said product. We try to, if we work with somebody by giving value, I think what Zach is saying is get the whole boat in the shot. If you can have a buddy, if you've got a buddy that's close by, have him take the picture, have your boat kind of at an angle. Um, It's no different than, you know, the shots we did last year with the Orion cooler on the truck bed where, you know, necessarily couldn't see your face, but we had it set up to where you could see hands, you could see motion, you could see. Oh, we're, yeah, we were loading the pack and getting ready to take off with, you know, mineral yeah, cameras and all that stuff. And it's it's the process, right? I was mm-hmm. I was commenting on this yesterday to Evan, actually, when I was talking to him about one of the guys that's online as a quote unquote influencer. He's got like 12,000 followers. And I look at his images, and while the quality of the image is good, the content of the image does not make sense to me. So one of them, he's standing in front of a Kubota, Mm -hmm. supposedly out running cameras and this, that, and the other. But one, he's standing awkwardly touching the front bumper. Number two, in the carousel, he's touching the windshield wiper. And number three, he's just staring off into the distance posed for the shot. And I'm like, None of that tells me a none of that tells me a story. None of that tells me what mm-hmm. he's doing. It looks like he's mm-hmm. outside posed next to his Kubota. Yeah. There's no movement. Is this is this a brochure ad for Kubota and their RTV or is he no, out doing kids something? smiling? so but i mean the the content of the content matters as much as the quality of the content yeah yeah i mean mean, so mentioning grip and grins there's still a place for them and i don't know how many of you guys can actually see this but uh oh here it comes this this is the inside of the aae catalog and we i've got to email our team and see if anybody's got new images for the calendar yeah 
for the new catalog. So, I mean, they're like, there's still a place for the grip and grin, right? Like manufacturers yeah. still want that. So, you, want. I mean, you've still got to take it, but you need to do it in a, a creative a manner. Bit, yeah. That, but you've got to have gap fillers. It's not all about it, the. Right. It's, it's got to have a different fillers. look. It's got to represent the animal in a respectful way. Needs to include yeah. the manufacturer's product. Yeah, I mean, like there's like a, there's still, there's still a lot that goes into it. It's about the work, and and as you as you grow your brand and as you do those things right, like you know, taking pictures of lures and and the different things that um, that you're doing, the brands start to notice that they pick it up um, mm -hmm. more quickly than what you would anticipate, um, just through photos and tags and different things brands start watching you um you know if you see a guy like i'm going to use wyatt for an example um just a little bit because I, I i study people and i, I kind of watch and see what people do wyatt himself is a good example because while he may not take tons of photos i see wyatt doing things online like um conversing with different tournament trails so in indiana we have several different tournament trails but wyatt is where wyatt excels is he is friends he's intermingling with all the different trails it's not like okay this one's the best this one's the best this one's the best or only do this he's not beating his chest in that manner he's he's flowing through everything mm -hmm. he's meeting greeting being sociable with people just because he likes fishing um which is cool and that's kind of some of the things that companies look for as well um jesse lasbury's another one you know he he's with us now at jackson on the team and you know it starts with stuff like this orion podcast we see him comment and we see him doing different things and it's like huh you start to notice people like that you know yeah. when they start liking your post when they start tagging you um you you know if you're a brand and you're you're looking at your feed every day. I mean, we both look for as social media managers. We're always looking for content for the stories um, mm -hmm. on Instagram I, because that's a, like a need. You have to have yeah. Instagram stories. So we share a lot of pictures to the stories. Oh, um, I, I, I'm probably approaching on average, I would say 40 to 50 plus a day. Yeah. Um, actually had a actually had a guy today tag us in a reel that was really well done super high quality definitely shot with a dslr and i flagged his conversation in our dm mm -hmm. because i'm going to keep an eye on what he's doing when i revisit picking up people for the creator team next year mm -hmm. yeah i mean that's that's you know? exactly what it amounts to i mean you do get seen when you do those tags now are there tags that are there things that you look at and you go yeah i can't share that um music music's a big one um, music's a big one if you're dropping there i we and we're both in this where you try to look at everything like okay well if my mom is watching or my grandma sees this it's got to be on the up and up so we try to use try to use clean music um, no F-bombs because there are kids out there. Number one, kids eat content and there are kids that are going to pick up your content, whether you realize it or not, they're impressionable to what you do. If you have 10 followers, you're an influencer. Sorry. If you're on a social platform. You are providing influence to someone 
out there in some way, shape, or form. Oh, yeah. But <clears throat> so keep it clean in that respect. Um, like Zach said, have respect for the animals um, or the fish, whichever it may be. Uh, I've even not not to interrupt you, not to interrupt. No, I've had that. I've you're had the music conversation with my creators on staff because when they go and post a reel, and then they choose a piece of music that, I mean, obviously we would all listen to more than likely, without a doubt. As a manufacturer, I can't share it. I got to keep it clean. Well, that piece of content mm -hmm. just did me no good. Mm -hmm. Now, because a lot of times that content's matched to a beat. So if you change the beat, it is if you do it music. like we do it. Now, not everybody does. And if they don't, that's almost better for us if they do that, because then we can take the raw oh, reel, like throw another piece freeze. of. We can throw another piece of acceptable music over the top of it and still use it as long as it's not cut to the beat. Now, anything you or I do is more than likely cut to the music and but. We also take into consideration what it's going to be used for. So we got another question We're down this rabbit hole from Jesse. How do you guys learn how to get good shots with those cameras as far as being able to adjust the settings for a clean shot, self-taught question mark? Get a yes. camera, start using it, watch YouTube, practice with your be camera. Prepared, be prepared watch, to speak watch a little YouTube. Bit. <laughs> so jesse i love you dude and i'm gonna tell you the honest to goodness truth sometimes when you come back and you stick that disc in that camera in this little card slot and load it into this computer there's a thousand photos five make it <laughs> i i hope my yield's not that low well but... i'm just saying but that's uh yeah, I that's mean fair. Ten percent sometimes. Ten percent's fair. Because a lot of times you're on a like if the boat's moving, for example, or like uh, what Zach's doing, if you're got a, a Kubota movement through doing, you know, food plots or whatever, a lot of times you're gonna have that camera on rapid fire. So you're just gonna click, 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 click it. So you may take 20 shots of the same thing but everything is moving across the screen you're just trying to catch the focus and keep it there as things move across so you may come back with 20 shots of the same exact moment it may be a cast where you're trying to get the rod to just bend and you're you have to start before they actually get into the motion so you may only have that one shot through 10, 15 shots to get that motion of the rod that's completely bent. Yeah, I mean, go back to the first trip we did on the water after I got that new lens last summer. And we oh, were yeah. getting... How many times did you throw that bait at me with the, the camera on rapid shot before I finally got one in focus? I can probably tell you, actually. It was several. It was several. It was and I, several. I absolutely had the camera on, on rapid fire and just obviously trying to hold the boat still, trying to keep him in frame trying to make sure focus is where it needed to be is a lot. And, you know, we came out of there with three or four good shots. I probably took 60 or 70 in that, in that short span, maybe more. Yeah. And, Our uh, shared album right now sits at 1,267 photos. Yeah. And that's so only that. over a, that. And that's only over a couple of days. Yeah. Three trips, three trips. And yeah. that's, that's one shared album of all the shared albums. So, 
And that number is you know, probably like, low because we get focused on fishing instead of running the camera sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes we get the ADHD and we're all over the place. But, you know, I mean, and sometimes you don't get the focus absolutely right. But it's the the best thing you can do is shoot, 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 shoot. Um, camera to recommend. Sony or a Canon. Yeah. Um, don't be scared to start cheap because you are learning. My, my, yeah, I would look at the APS-C line and, and with that, I mean, specifically the Sony stuff, that's just, that's where I, that's not where I started. Mm -hmm. I started with a crop sensor Canon 60D, um, mm -hmm. which is a, a dinosaur at this point. But then my next one was the Sony uh, A6300. And I think now they're up to like the A66 or 6700. Um, the, yeah, the, the 64, 6500s, you can still find them pretty cheap and they're still a really relevant camera. Um, I think they're like 24 megapixels or something like that, which coincidentally is what my full frame is, is the same one you're shooting. Um, mm -hmm. but the nice thing about the APS-C lenses is the, or the APS-C cameras is that the lenses won't break the bank, like the full frame lens as well. Yeah, um, you can spend the full, as much the money full, on a lens. Yeah, with the full frame cameras, I've got lenses that cost more than my my camera body does. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I got three. I got three lenses that cost more than each individually cost more than the 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 body itself did. Um, yeah, and it's just a matter of learning. You know, like my mind was a D Nikon D thirty four hundred. I had a potato, um, and you know, it did fine. All, all mean, Nikon's we were, are potatoes. Yeah, all Nikons are potatoes now. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you learn and you just keep... It, it's just like fishing and you're trying to learn a new bait. With the camera, it's like you pick it up and you're trying to learn a new thing. And, and you know, maybe don't start with taking pictures of the fishing at all. Maybe do like what Chris Funk does and get out there and try to catch a bird or try to catch a sunrise or a sunset. Um, an alligator if you're in Florida. Um just shoot different things and don't be scared to try different stuff. I mean, me and the intern went out and we just shot at night one night just for the giggles of it. Went out, tried to catch the full moon, tried to get motion blur of car lights going across the bridge. I mean, you're just, you're constantly moving settings and constantly trying to get there. Um, one thing you can actually do and learn is shoot a little bit of auto. But when you put your photo into an editing software to like kind of dress up the colors, look at the settings that the camera was on for that picture. And you'll kind of start learning where to set your shutter, where to do this and that. Um, and like Zach said, watch a lot of YouTube because yeah, you, Pete, you will learn Peter a McKinnon, lot. Peter McKinnon, Matty Hapoya, Chris Howe. Those guys are, mm -hmm. are awesome and are very, very informative to watch. Um, mm -hmm. Wyatt says his wife has a Nikon D5200. The best camera to have is the one you have, man. Pick it up, start yep. playing with it, learn the settings, learn where everything's at, and uh, just get out and start shooting. That's the best thing yeah. you can do. And like neither one of us are pros because you wouldn't believe how much we actually nitpick ourselves and then we send junk back and forth to each other through Snapchat and different things. Yeah. And we're, we're just, we are overly critical of ourselves uh -huh. and sometimes each other. And that oftentimes yeah. probably prevents us from going ahead and posting things that we should be posting just so we can get it out there and get better. Yeah. 
Um, 99.9% of the time. Yeah, that's probably honestly what slowed me down from doing a YouTube for so long at this point. And I really just need to start and get it going. And it's, it's, it's probably going to happen here, good here shortly because we got the elk. We got the elk hunt coming up, so I'm going to try, really try and do something YouTube-wise with that, which a 10-day elk hunt with three, maybe four guys if Lane joins us is working mm -hmm. up in itself and trying to film and photo the entire thing while we're there. It's just, it's going to be, I'm going to need a vacation from my vacation when I get home. Let's put it that and way. And then you're going to need a vacation from all the work, from all the stuff that you got to put back together when you get back. Yeah, it's... uh It'll be a process. I think 2019, I came back with 1,800 photos from a eight-day trip. Mm -hmm. So, and that, you know, I wasn't even shooting video then. So, we'll see how this goes. Yeah, so, yeah, the best camera, like Zach said, is the one that you got. Don't be scared to shoot it. And don't be, don't be scared to ask a buddy for help either. Like if you've yeah. got friends that you're fishing with or hunting with and say, hey, dude, I need to get some, I've got this going on and your, your, your crew, your true crew is going to help you in everything that you do. It's, it's really wild, um, you know, uh, to have the, that solid group of people around you that is, is more than willing to help. And at the same time, don't forget to fish and or hunt and make it fun. Um, yeah keep it yeah keep yeah. it fun don't stress over things um <laughs> you know the creative process obviously it's going to get frustrating at times because you can't figure some things mm -hmm. out but i think challenging yourself is what keeps things interesting and and creative and fun and it's what drives us right so mm -hmm. yeah it's a hobby for us it's a hobby within the hobby um, but you also so need days somehow like, turn somehow turn into work i don't know how we turn, did that, turn but, into a job <laughs> yeah, turn into a job. Um, now if I can just leverage this into a career, we'll be in great shape. Yeah, the hobbies turned in both hobbies combined turned into said job. Um but uh we got another question. Dale, 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 Dale. Uh, I got the same advice last week on building a network on LinkedIn. <clears throat> like and comments and get noticed. Yeah, so social media is called social media supposed yeah. to be social um no matter what platform you're on like comment and share um it's it's legit um the more you and, like and you comment the more you to, engage the more yeah. you're up in the algorithm the algorithm sees you as somebody that is influential um and it gets you noticed more so uh gene wilson is the perfect example you see gene everywhere you know why because gene comments on every freaking post that she sees so she comments on your post she comments on my post that makes her a high value target to the algorithm so you see more of gene wilson um like i said it is social media not anti-social media don't just do it for the likes yeah it goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago i mean the more you engage with someone or a manufacturer's content the more likely mm -hmm. you are that they're going to start to pick up on the trend of seeing your your name or your hash your account or whatever your handle whatever it may be on the regular which they may end up going and checking out your you know your profile now back in the day when people go and apply for marketing jobs or things of that nature they might take with them a portfolio 
That's not a thing physically anymore. <laughs> your online profile, your Instagram account is your portfolio, especially if you're a creator of any sort. So keep that in mind as well. Yeah. I mean, it is. And, you know, in, in the marketing classes that I recently have taken, um, they still they still want you to kind of have a portfolio. Um, it's not it's really like a short resume. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Don't make it over overwhelming. Um, and Dell, if you ever want to see that information, I can honestly pass it on to you. I've got it all saved on my Google Drive, so it's not hard, to, not hard to share with somebody. Um, yeah. I mean, like Zach said, your Instagram is is kind of a big thing when people look at it. Um, obviously, companies look at your Facebook page anymore to make sure that you're keeping your nose clean and not posting about the drama that you had with so-and-so over the weekend or catching your beer picks. Um, yeah. So, yeah. 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 It's, yeah, this is wild. This is was not a planned conversation topic for tonight. Yeah. We just kind of but you started ranting before we on. even started. I, you can tell, man. So my, we my my hamsters have been burning up. They they've been burning up the wheels, man. Uh, Jesse said, "What's your favorite camera to date?" And I, I mean, the one I've got right now. I love my A7 III. Yeah, yeah. I love my A7 III. Uh, I do want to upgrade to the A7 IV, but I think I'm going to drag my feet till the five comes up. I think that's my plan um, because rumor on the interwebs is the five might come out next summer. So why would I jump in pay full price for a four right now when it'll be the latest model next summer? Yeah. And if somebody's looking for a camera, there's actually a huge good used market out there. Um, If you get on B&H Industries or Adorama, um, go search the used section. Uh, don't be scared to do that at all. Look at the ratings that they've got set in place. And sometimes you can score a second one <laughs> like brand new out of the box for 500 bucks and save yourself yeah. a boatload of money. So you also, possible. you also have to be careful doing that. I kind of learned yes. whenever I bought my a seven three is you don't want to buy what's called a gray market camera. While it might look, act, feel, and be labeled as a Sony, mm-hmm. the manufacturer may not actually recognize that camera. I mm-hmm. think is I think is how that was explained to me whenever I was shopping for the A7 III. But uh, get on, like I said, your better safe bets B and H photo, especially with Adorama. lenses. If if you want to buy a new camera body, that's a that's not a bad way to go. Um, it's going to have you know a fresh shutter and motors and and things of that nature. But mm-hmm. with glass, as long as the glass isn't beat up or scratched to pieces, it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Um, also, get good glass because it's going to go with you as long as you stay in the same manufacturer. It's going to go with you from camera body to camera body, right? So the same mounting yep. system and everything. Uh, for instance, with Sony, it's the EF glass, the EF mounts, or the E mounts. Sorry, Canon's EF. Um, Sony's the E mount. As long as you stay with that full frame E mount system, the lenses go mm-hmm. from camera body to camera body. So you can collect lenses all you want, and then upgrade camera bodies as needed. And don't be scared. And don't be scared to try different lenses. Like 
we've found out that we really like Tamron lenses um, quite a bit. Yeah, you're not supposed so, to give away that secret, but yeah, it, yeah. Uh, there's some really good third-party lenses out there these days. You don't mm -hmm. have to, like if you've got a Sony camera, you don't necessarily need Sony G Master lenses, although they are very good lenses. They're also very expensive. Um, you can look so, at Tamron and Sigma, who have similar focal length options in all the same uh you know focal length ranges is what the g masters are but you can also save some money and get every bit as good of an image without maybe having some of like the image stabilization or uh maybe just a slightly lesser autofocus motor that's you know slightly slower or something of that mm -hmm. nature like i mean there's give and take right you're going to give up something but with those with those lenses as we've noticed they're not holding us back at all in fact i think we've we've done really mm -hmm. well with the lenses we got but as far as a good starter camera uh, just like what we told Dwight, it's the one you have it's the one that you have the budget for um if you can stay in a canon or a sony i think you'll be a lot happier in the long run there's nothing wrong with nikon if you want to shoot a potato that's fine um but shoot there. while you're i mean while you're learning and practicing and saving up for an actual you know dslr yeah. or mirrorless which is what technically what ours are mm -hmm. learn how to manipulate the settings so there are if you've got an iphone there are other camera apps you can download rather than the one that comes on the phone they yes. give you a lot more adjustments of the settings when you're taking photos download those learn how to adjust your iso learn how to mess with your shutter speed uh, run an exposure dial aperture things like that you're not going to have a ton of aperture adjustment because it is an iphone or a, a camera in your cell phone that is pretty much got a fixed aperture for the most part now they might digitally give you a range in there to mess with i don't know how good it'll mm -hmm. be but it's downloading one of those apps and learning how to you know fiddle with the settings is a is a good option good thing to do while you're saving up for an actual mirrorless camera yep and i think like i said if you if you just wanted a second like a camera so you didn't have to do it don't be scared to to buy a cheaper cheaper camera and just get going just go just go shoot it'll be fun yeah um you'll have fun with it like i said it, it's it's a hobby within the hobby and it is addicting because once you get one good shot you're like man I need it. You crave getting that good shot again, so I think you'll be you'd be happy with it. Yeah, happy to happy to give the good advice. I don't know what kind of good advice we're giving or how we ended up down this rabbit hole. But we're down. Ah, dude, yeah. this has just been a ramble fest, but it's fun. It's stuff we like to talk about, and it's conversations we have often that nobody's around to listen to. So we just did it with an audience. Yeah, you guys are like kind of just on a phone call with us, um, basically. Yeah, so, you know, that social media, three times a week, um, you know, in a perfect world, if you guys, could, if, you, if you're trying to get noticed, I think three times a week anymore, it's kind of yeah. become the standard, I, I mean. And I've been, I've done a very bad, very bad job of that for the last probably yeah, year. Do as we say, point. not as we do. Yeah, well, and the, the other thing is, I mean, we also do it as a job for other manufacturers so when it comes to our own personal stuff sometimes we're burnt out to the point yeah, that sometimes we don't we want to jump back off. on there and post anything yeah 
Yeah, sometimes we just want to get off the phone. When um, Seth was here for seven hours last Saturday, neither one of us were on social media once all day long, and that was fantastic. You know, and that's cool too. Like, if you, I would highly recommend if you know you're going to social, you want to up your social game. The first thing I would do is make my page a creator page um, instead yeah. of a personal page. Make sure it is actually not hidden um, or private. Um, you want it to be open. Um, but with the with the plus of a creator page, you can actually schedule out some content. So if you wanted to be hands free for a week or you want to take mm -hmm. a sabbatical from your phone for a week, you can actually schedule all your content through Meta Business and let it run. And you don't have to touch it again until you know that, OK, my day is up this day and then you just load it up again and you can take off but you do need to spend some time to be active on there to engage yeah. with others because it is social you you said private account versus public account so if you uh -huh. are looking to work with any sort of brands in a creative aspect or an influencer type aspect having uh -huh. a private account does that brand no good okay um a lot of people have set their accounts to private in order to weed out who follows them and kind of weed out the harassment and the riffraff and the bots and things like that i understand that unfortunately instagram doesn't care about those accounts and they just let them through anyway i've reported three uh spam accounts in the last week that are copies of friends of mine's accounts and Instagram has came back on all of them and said, this account was not removed. We saw no problem with it. Well, it's not the real person is the problem. That's why we reported it in the first place. Um, but anyway, if you do have a private account, I have a private personal account. I don't offer that up as like a resource for brands to be able to have extra exposure through with my content. Um, it, I mean, it's got a fair amount of followers, I guess, but, I only do that stuff through my my brand account, Huntley, um, mm -hmm. because it's public and that's where I post all that stuff. And then all my personal and family stuff stays on my personal account, which is set to private. So think yep. about that whenever you are looking to go this route and start working with brands. Mm -hmm. um, Wyatt said, yeah. at, what point, at what point did you guys go this route and quit a regular job or is this something you've always done? Um, yes. That's a loaded question. Boy, it is, isn't it? This has been a journey. This has been a 10-year journey at this. Well, no, it's been longer than that, hasn't it? <laughs> so it's funny because in, to somebody well, listening, that it, they say it takes 10 years. Fair assessment. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very fair assessment. Very fair um, assessment. Because I would say that we're pretty well... We're in that area of the 10, of, 10 years of, or better, longer. Actually, sure. it's probably been 10 so. years since we got Doug on the phone and had a conversation with Hooray. Yeah, it's been every bit of 12, 12 years. I don't I don't remember what year that actually was when we were running, when we first started running tournaments down there on Patoka and had and the idea to bring and had the idea to bring companies in to sponsor yeah, so, our division. It just kind of happened. Um, it's Funny a, story, guys. We're still good friends with that guy. 
<laughs> yeah, our first our first sponsors still like call him today, even though yeah. we he's like doing pickleball now and no longer yeah. does the hoorah. He sold the sold the company, but yeah, we're still calling like right now. Um, oh, he'd be it, wild. It's to have weird because it was like a we was running a tournament trail and it was like we were taking pictures, but it was just for fun funsies. And then it turned into like, okay, well, let's just call this company and see if they want to work with us. And we just, of course, this is back when people still called people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we called up, called up Rod Glove. We called up Hoorag. We just, just started calling people until we, yeah. you know, landed ourselves all these little deals with the little tournament trail that we was running. And Part of it was we didn't know any better. We didn't know any better, <laughs> but we got ourselves in a big rabbit hole. We got ourselves down in a hole, and we we had to see it through. Um, yeah. So we did all the pictures and everything, and it just with, really with, with cell phones. We didn't have cameras then. That was with cell phones. Yeah, so we started with a cell phone. Um, I and, just had those yeah. memories pop up on my Facebook group or on my Facebook page this week of our rod gloves that they sent us. Spread out it's, on your office floor, the mm -hmm. decals that carry uh, custom printed with the USA Bison logo and his real tough graphics mm -hmm. logo together. Um, mm -hmm. All that popped up on my Facebook group or on my Facebook page this week as memories, and I can't remember. I, I think it said ten years. So yeah, every bit of ten it. years at it. But uh, yeah, so I mean, it was just kind of a snowball effect. But it, it was like it's it's taken a long time to build up from that very start to this moment now, where you're doing stuff and making a game. Yeah, it's it's cool. I at a point, so you work your way up as an individual from quote unquote field staff working, you know, mm -hmm. representing companies on a discount, um, you know, paying your dues. That was a lot more mm -hmm. common back then to eventually they kick you a little bit of free product, start mm -hmm. to build some relationships with companies. It's not so much just a sponsorship as it is a friendship and a relationship. And you kind of build that. They learn brand, you know, brand loyalty is a real thing. You're not just mm -hmm. hopping from brand to brand, whoever will hand you the most product. Um, and then, you know, you get to a point where you've developed a skill set that is worth monetizing at some point. And, huh. we're, you know, we're starting to turn that corner. Um, it has become, over. no, it's never, you're always learning, you're always developing and trying to um, learn, you know, learn new skills, learn more skills, perfect the ones you got and continue to develop. But it's, I'm not going to say it's a full-time job for me at this point. Mm, not yet. It was weird when we made the move, I became a, you know, a stay at home dad. I was in a position where we could do that. I knew at some point, once the girls were in school and starting to do things like that, I needed to be looking ahead and figuring out what direction I wanted to go. So I started developing those skills to put me in a place where I was able to offer some value to these companies. Social media just happened to be something that we had been doing for a long time. Content and working on our own brand stuff is something we've been doing for a long time. And we've kind of always had a finger on the pulse of 
you know, what's current um, as far as the, you know, the creator side of things. And it just kind of materialized into a job. I, when all of this hit in my lap last summer, I was not actively seeking a job. It just kind of presented itself. And I said, yeah, let's go for it. Mm -hmm. So um, as far as a day job for you, it's kind of your second day job. Yeah. One of three. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, uh, so for me, you know, I still, I still actually believe it or not, I still go to work, but I still do this. <laughs> Your kids are also day. out of the house. So you have the ability throughout to the day and in, in the evenings. Um, yeah. So like I'm, I am multitasking constantly, um, to make yeah. sure that both full-time things are accommodated for um, which is fine. I love it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I was, it, it's like this. And I think Zach would say this as well. If I wasn't doing this for those guys, those guys right there, I would still be doing it for myself. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. I'm doing it. I would, work just as, I would still be yeah. working just as hard. Yeah. The, the Huntley brand is, I'm kind of refocusing right now and, and really going to work on churning out more content for me. Um, mm -hmm. but I also, you know, I've got responsibilities for my, my current clients. Um, I got mm -hmm. three that I, I do work for. I'm not yep. technically a full-time creator for them under my job title. Um, but I do what I can for them because they are like family um they're really good friends the one guy i've known for eight years the other guy i've known for probably three or four um we you know we've been roommates when we go to events and stuff so they i mean they're they're close dudes um they're good people which is that's why i've stepped in at the rates that i have at this point mm -hmm. because i know while i'm probably giving up a little bit on the front end it's going to come mm -hmm. back around as the, as their brands grow. And as they continue to see the work that I do and what I can offer them, um, yeah, you know, they'll, they'll return the favor. Yeah. You got to have that little bit of want and that little bit of desire to, to keep proving yourself without arrogance. Aren't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's fun. You know, I, to be able to step into the positions that we are in, mm -hmm. these are brands that we have been using for the past six or seven years plus um, in time. my case with a with aae i've been running their stuff since 2015. so you know mm -hmm. we're both very familiar with the product line we know we know why the products were developed we know how they work we know the reasoning behind all of it and we're able to relay that to people when they have questions on social and we don't have to go running to the boss, so to speak, to get answers to questions because we can just fire it off. We know, you know, we've been around, we've used it, we got real world experience with it, and we know how to to field those questions or give the customer a solution. Yeah, sometimes, most of the time, I still run most into stuff, time. especially because we also produce. Stuff. We still produce traditional products that I, I tradbos might as well be foreign language to me. I don't know anything about tradbos. But, mm -hmm. no, but yeah, so, or whitewater yeah. kayaks. Yeah, right. Same thing. Yeah. So I yeah, I mean, working head. on. Yeah, right. No, working and continuing to try and 
grind out and build our own brands will, you know, helping some other companies do the same. Yeah. Wyatt I mean, says he's tried self-filming hunts, but it's difficult. I would agree with that. It is hard. It's hard. It's hard to self-film anything. I still do it. I still do it. It's hard to self-film anything on flat ground in your backyard and then go climb a tree 18 feet in the air and pack all your crap in and try and do it up there. And when it's 18 degrees out, I still do it because it's fun and it's hard and it's a challenge. Um, my first buck I shot on film, self-filming myself with that Canon 60D. So my first DSLR uh, was in 2015. Wasn't handy cam. Nope, it wasn't a handy cam. It was after we, we had jumped or I had jumped into the DSLR. And then last year I got that doe on camera, self-filmed in slow motion, which was freaking oh. sweet. Uh, but that was the first one since then. But I, I put a lot of effort in last year and was doing what I could to get it on camera. Yeah, just get you a good camera arm and keep trying. Um, I think That's the, big the hard thing parts of like, the camera arm, yeah. You know, it's really a two-parter. <clears throat> um to film a video, film it well and film it right, you're looking at different, you're looking at multiple days, realistically. Yeah. Um, depending, you're on what you're, depending on what you're doing, yeah. Yeah, unless you've got a dedicated cameraman, um, you're going to be going back and you're going to be filming your actual hunt. So you get that footage, you've got it, you know, you've got the good shot. And now you have to go back and start building the storyline to that particular moment. Um, especially if you're doing something like YouTube. So you got to kind of back up and punt and build the story to the moment, which is fine because you're going to build different clips, like going out and getting grass blowing all the B roll stuff and the little talking head moments and all those yeah. kind of things. If you th those all don't happen on TV. Just, it's all multiple no, days. I mean, if if you do it that way, if you do the the talking head interview stuff and that sort of thing, if you're going to kind of yeah. film it, quote unquote, bone collector style or the way some of the dreary stuff is done, I don't necessarily look. It's just not my style. Um, the interview thing, I kind of, mm -hmm. I like the reality, like do it as it's happening. So I'll kind of film it as I'm yeah. going, like say i'm filming you know backyard shooting practice and stuff like that for b-roll you can do all that leading up to it for sure but a lot mm -hmm. of it is capture the day of if i can um if you're solo it's not going to be perfect which drives me up a wall but it's not going to be perfect it's going to be some stuff out of focus um mm -hmm. but you just got to make the best of what you got cassidy it's says some. vlogging in public sucks yeah uh talking to your camera in public is a very awkward thing to do you get over it. <laughs> I fell down. He, he needs to go watch some Peter McKinnon carrying around a freaking uh right around on a one wheel through the streets. With his um, cannon uh what was it? The D is a giant one he had way uh, back Nick. when we first started watching him. It was that huge camera with a grip on it and everything. That was wild. Mm-hmm. D one marks. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, so if you're, it's just a process that you go through and you just learn and you, the best thing you can do is actually 
if you know like That's you're cool. kind of going into something and you want to film the day maybe write down some key points um and just on a piece of paper and just kind of go through those and you can kind of storyboard what you're doing so that you have a plan in the in the late great words of reed corbin plan your work and work your plan folks yeah i ain't no kidding (laughs) but yeah storyboarding any video is is a good idea and i don't think you'll watch a youtuber that's made it and actually physically made it um to a paid gig that will I mean, it's they storyboard everything. Mm-hmm. Everything's laid out before they start filming. The only thing with positions like us is you cannot storyboard what the animal or the fish is going to do. So yeah. sometimes it mm-hmm. works, sometimes it don't. But that's also the fun, and what we do is there is success and there is failure, and that's the truth in the matter. That's just it, right? You can storyboard everything leading up to and away from the lake and have your shot list of the shots you want to get. But leave the camera those, in the truck. If those if those fish aren't bite if those fish aren't biting, it don't matter. You're gonna be there multiple no. days trying to get catches on camera anyway. And well, then you and get to wear the same clothes for three days in a row so you can make it all look like it was one day. We we filmed what we called the creek show. <laughs> And it's still on YouTube. One, it's still on YouTube. It's in existence. Um, but we filmed that, and it the day that we thought it was going to be good, it really wasn't that grand. It, wow. We really did not catch the fish. that. I mean, we had this planned out like we're going to smash it. Didn't. <laughs> we just didn't. We had to go back a second. We had to go back the second day. Of course, we went back in different clothes. It's like, okay, this is day two. Um, and, and still it was like, crap, we didn't, I mean, the video turned out good. It was funny that we, I mean, I'd done dumb stuff that usually happens and the creek just didn't fish like it normally fished. No. And the, the funny part was me, I was like so mad at it that I went back down there. Then that Sunday night after we got done filming and caught an 18 inch smallmouth right where we'd been filming all week. (laughs) <laughs> for two days straight and no yep. you kind of those animals probably sense that pressure i would say that you're you can go in and be trying too hard not be as relaxed as you need to be and mess yourself up in a way because you're trying to put pressure on the said moment yeah i think i think i think that's a possibility um uh, it's kind of the whole theory behind i don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of hex h-e-c-s um clothing uh the whole point of his clothing is to block the electromagnetic frequency that radiates naturally from the human body when you're hunting so the animals cannot detect that they they've put it in shark suits they've put it in all kinds of stuff um how do you test that with a shark well yeah live action how do you sign up for that job not me. Not my happy tail out of the water. Um, but yeah, it's. I think it's a possibility that the the fish could probably pick up on stuff like that, especially because we're wading the creek, right? We're not. We weren't sitting in a boat. We were standing in the water. So yeah, that was the creek show. Was that creek show was a wading deal? 
So it was, uh, yeah, it was a stressful one. I mean, but I like I said, anytime that you think you're going to go out there and wreck them, you know that it doesn't. But the fun thing is, um, Jason saying, you know, vlogging in public sucks. You start, like, I talk to myself regardless <laughs> if I'm out there sometimes and I'm fishing. Like, it's just like, shut up and come on and do this and do that and now I found that if I set my GoPro up and I actually posted one the other day where I'm just rambling. It's like, okay, <laughs> it's like I think I switched the Carolina rig and blah 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 blah. But that's commentary. You know, I'm just rambling to that camera like I'm sitting here talking to Zach and it's I don't know. You just get used to it. Yeah. All the people in Allen's Creek probably thought, man, who's this guy? He's just out there talking to himself, just do to do to do. But I mean, I don't even notice anybody. So, yeah. Oh, it's 10 after nine. We've rambled for an hour and 10 minutes. I don't know what we talked about or what anybody learned, but it's kind of like the last. I, one. I don't and, know if they learned anything, but I feel better. <laughs> that's good because you got to go stare at that video some more. Just an so, online yeah. therapy session. No, I'll fix that in the morning. That video will be, that video will be posted in the morning. Um, yeah. I mean, this yeah, was this, maybe this whole afternoon. thing started just because you've been working on something all day. And yeah. for those of you that do not follow I, the Elite channel on the Instagram, yeah. you should probably go follow it because what he's working on is absolutely awesome. Um, it's going to yeah. be cool. I've seen the drone footage. You're going to dig it. Going to dig it. If you like hunting yeah. and you like fishing, you should go follow Huntley because it's more hunting, but the video is going to be good. I've seen we it. We hope. Well, I've seen part of it. Jack's got a cool yeah. hat too. I love that hat. So, it's my it's my dad hat. I need one. I'm getting a little too thin on top for the visor. And my visor, yeah. the Velcro's getting more out, which is sad it's to real, say. It's a real thing. Velcro's getting more out. So I'm either gonna have to do one or two things. I'm gonna have to find somebody brave enough to sew on a new piece of Velcro so I can keep wearing it, or <laughs> I'm gonna have to depart it. And I'm, that's why you've not seen it much this year. It's like, I'm, I don't want to lose it. Yeah. I gave Evan a hard time last, the last time we were hunting together, he was starting to thin out a little bit on top. I've still got all mine. It's just going white. It goes a little gray and then it starts to get a little thinner and forties sucks. Yeah. Anyway. Thanks for watching. Thanks for all the people that support this podcast, make it possible um we appreciate everybody in the comments tonight you guys are awesome uh we appreciate the questions because it just kept the rant and the rambling going um but yeah if you like this one let's know, in the know what we're gonna i don't know what we're gonna title this one the live rant the live rant episode 36 um <clears throat> so yeah if you guys want to see more podcasts with just me and zach rambling we'd be happy to do those for you so it's a little we, bit easier. We, did, we can do, we can definitely do it. Yeah, I mean, at times <laughs> we can do this all the time. Um, but yeah, go pick yourself up an Orion cooler. Stay cool out there. It is hot. So hopefully, fall's coming soon. But we will see you guys on the next one. Good night. Peace. Do -do -do.